ECW live cast this week is ECW Hardcore TV episodes 63 and 64 from June 28th and July 5th of 1994. I'm Mike Prue along with JV as always. Welcome back BTT Army here on Patreon.com, $5 tier. Thanks for subscribing and being part of this. And JV, we were just kind of talking about it, but how you doing today? Ah, I've been better. I got the sniffles today because um, I had a mishap while mowing the lawn and my allergies have been, you know, fucking me over ever since uh, late this afternoon. So basically, just a heads up to listeners, you're probably going to hear like the, this sound. Boom. Beep, beep. Yeah. yeah, you're going to hear that throughout the episode. Not throughout it. I mean, I'll try to do good with it, but I, because I have the sniffles. I'm going to be muting often. Let's, well, what's better? Oh, what's, what's, be, what's better, the beep or the sniffles? Maybe just do the sniffles. <laughs> no, the, the sniffs are wicked loud. Yeah, uh, that's true. Like, you can see them when I'm editing. Like The sound, like the, the wave, is like super loud. And it's, I don't know. Yeah, it's like but, a cough. <gasps> yeah. So basically, what happened was I was mowing the lawn this morning. And it was hot as balls, so I'm already frustrated. It was fucking humid. I started later than I should have. and I decided I'm not going to, I have a bagger on my mower. So I was like, ah, I'm not going to use the bagger today. Um, Cause the grass was pretty long. Hadn't mowed it in a couple of weeks because of all the rain and shit. And it was dead. So it was starting to grow. I'm like, you know, whatever. I'll just fucking let the clippings over the yard. Let it shoot out the side of the mower. So on the back of the mower, there's a flap that goes down when you don't have the bagger on. So I'm mowing. I'm, I notice it's getting backed up like a fucking idiot because it's so hot, hot and I'm not paying attention. I open the flap while the mowers are running <laughs> and all of the backlog of the fucking grass clippings that were stored up. I'm talking like huge chunk just fucking blew at my face and it was all over me. I mean, head to toe, I was covered in fucking grass trimmings. <laughs> so naturally, it, my allergies are fucked from it and they've been fucked all day. But the worst part was I'm doing it. And all I hear in the window is ha, 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 I saw that. And it's my girlfriend, Jess. She fucking saw the whole thing happen. So it just made it even worse. I mean, I was covered in glass. It like, I it, like an idiot. I opened the flap and I looked down. So my face was like in it and it just <laughs> hit me in the face. My contacts were bothering me. It was just a fucking, I was a mess. Oh, it's it's right. That's like the icing on the cake. You're already pissed off because you fucked yeah. up, and then your fucking girl's laughing at you yeah. from the window, <laughs> all nice and safe in the house. Yeah, and you're out there covered in shit, and she's laughing. 
Yeah, it's just she's like, in AC, brushing her teeth. I'm like, <laughs> right. It's like, fuck you, what are you laughing off. for? I'm fucking trying yeah. to work here. Yeah. And uh, plus so you're like, embar- and you're embarrassed on top of it, because it's like one of those things where it's like, nobody noticed this. Nobody saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody did see it, and they're laughing yeah. at you. Oh, uh, it was so embarrassing. I just like, I'm like, why did I do that? Why the fuck? Like, what did I think was going to happen? Mo is on full fucking, you know. The mower goes. There's only one fucking speed. So. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's why uh, you might hear that throughout because my sniffles are pretty bad. All but, right. So you know, Jamie will do his best sniffles, McGee yeah. here. <laughs> but anyways, if you want to follow Sniffles McGee, it's JV. He's at John Van Damage. <laughs> John Van Damage with an H. And you can follow me, Mike Pru at MPRU83, and check us out at Extreme Cast on Twitter. And we also do another show. It's called the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. We cover the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And we are up to June of 2001. So we're 85 episodes in. And we're rocking and rolling with Stone Cold Steve Austin. We are approaching next week is our two-year anniversary of the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. Wow, already two years? Two years, yep. Next week when this episode comes out. From from this episode coming out two weeks, yeah. So, man, there it is. So we've been at it for a while, and many podcasts don't last longer than four weeks. <laughs> so we've been at it for two months, uh, two years, and you know, check us out if you haven't, because we've been putting a lot yeah, of work in there. Appreciate it. If you if you like listening to us here, regardless of the content or the topic, if you enjoy listening to us, JV and Mike, just bullshit. You get the same thing over at Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. Yes. And so check it out. And you can follow us on Twitter at Bottom Line Cast. Now, Twitter. A month ago, I did a Twitter poll, an ECW Twitter poll for the best year of ECW. So I decided again this past weekend to do another poll. And this time I did ECW Tag Team Champion. So not just ECW Tag Teams, but ECW Tag Team Champions. So this should be based on how they were as champions. Not just them as a team, but when they held the titles. What are the best teams? So the poll went out. I did it throughout all last weekend. It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm going to go through the results now because the results are in. JV, I know you. I know you didn't follow along with this. <laughs> no, I did. I voted. Oh, you I just did don't vote? remember. It. No, oh, okay. I voted on all of them. Oh, okay, cool. And I saw Public Enemy up there. I saw the Dudley Boys. I saw the Super Destroyers. I think were on there too. All right, cool. Yeah. So if they had a vote, I voted for the Super Destroyers. <laughs> kind of a troll vote, but. <laughs> And I was shocked because it looked like someone else had voted for them too. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, there probably was two people that voted for him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go through each round right now and and give the percentages. But I want you to guess who won each matchup as we go through. So in round one, you get the one seed, Dudley Boys, versus the eight seed, the Super Destroyers. <laughs> JV? What? Who won? Dudley Boys or Super Destroyers? 
Oh, totally boys. <laughs> All right. And it was 88% to 12%. So, yeah, you were probably the one or two people that voted for the Super Destroyers. <laughs> Otherwise, it would have been 100%. Yeah, who the fuck other than you was voted for the Super Destroyers over the Dudley Boys? Someone that's got the same sense of humor as I. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right, so Dudley Boys advance. In the next matchup, it's the Gangstars versus the Pitbulls. Two teams that we haven't encountered yet, but two classic ECW teams. These are the fourth and fifth seed. Gangsters four, Pitbulls five. Davey, what's your guess? Gangsters or Pitbulls? Um, Pitbulls. Yep, you're right. Pitbulls got it. 63% to 32%. I don't think that adds up, but there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely doesn't add up. But it's not a hundred. Yeah, it's not a hundred. It's ninety-five. Anyway, the pitbulls win. And then Vance, in the next matchup is the three versus the six. We get the Eliminators, Perry Saturn and John Cronus. Yep. Against Rob Van Dam and Sabu. So the three versus the six. And this was the tightest matchup in the first round. Uh I'm gonna say R V D and Sabu. They lost. It was the Eliminators. They eliminated. They should have lost. They squeaked it out. Fifty-six yeah. percent to forty-four percent. That wow. ends up. <laughs> so the Eliminators move on. Then in the last matchup of the first round, two seed Public Enemy, who we are very familiar with at this point because this is their yes. glory days, in here in '94, against the number seven seed, which is Chris Candido and Lance Storm. A very popular team. But who do you think goes, JV? Um, Lance Storm's team. Oh, Public Enemy squeaked it out. It, it, it's funny that you say it. And <laughs> there were some people that started the post like, Public Enemy getting way too much love in this poll. <laughs> really? <laughs> but they, they've held the titles almost longer. Then the Dudley boys and had so many reigns, so they're up there as one of the best, you know, according to their reigns. But a lot of people, I think their time in WCW, WWF had tainted them after the fact, you know? Yeah. Well, like, and here's the thing, too. I don't have, like, an extensive background in ECW knowledge, as the listeners know. So I'm, like, the rookie on the show here. This is all new to me. You get a fresh perspective. Right. So, I mean, I, I kind of figured... Oh, that's why I want to get your opinion, too. Sounds like yeah. a, a storm over there. I, you might be too close to you, Mike. <laughs> oh. Last time you were too far away. Too far away. <laughs> be my fan. No, nah, I think it's you. <laughs> no, your fan's Is that fine. better? No, I... Is that better? I don't know. <laughs> Unless you talk for a little while. But. All right. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just the breathing. So anyway. You can hear me breathing? Yeah. The fuck? <laughs> or it's just like, let, let, let's get this fixed here. Let's get this fixed. <laughs> let's just bear with us here. <clears throat> so that's the first How's round. That? Go ahead. How's that? Sounds good. All right. All right. So that's the first round. You get the Dudley Boys advancing, the Pitbulls, the Eliminators, and Public Enemy. So in the second round, Dudley Boys versus the Pitbulls. What do you got, JV? Dudley Boys. Yeah, Dudley Boys fucking cleaned house here. 87% to 13% destroying the Pitbulls, Gary Wolf, and Anthony Durant. Good. Kicking their ass. So, Pitbulls gone. 
And then we move on to the Eliminators versus Public Enemy. Uh, based on the amount of hate you just said Public Enemy was getting, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Eliminators. And you're right, but it was a fucking tight matchup. Was it? No yeah, shit. Yeah, 59% to 41%. And that's when the, the hate messages started to come. It's like, what the fuck's going on with Public Enemy here? Fighting off the Eliminators. <laughs> so, the Eliminators did win. And they moved on to the finals against the Dudley Boys. And what would you have to say? Best ECW Tag Team Champions. Dudley Boys. Dudley Boys. All the Eliminators. Yeah. Dudley the, the Dudley Boys. It's got to be, right? So, Dudley Boys, again, clean house. 77% to 23% over the Eliminators. And what I liked about that final matchup, Dudley Boys versus Eliminators, that was an actual feud in 1997 that went over a few major shows. And oh, really? It was on the first pay-per-view. I think it's the opening match. I might be wrong, but... I think it's the opening match of Barely Legal, which is ECW's first pay-per-view. Okay. And they had a match a month prior at Hostile City Showdown 97. And that's when the Dudley Boys won the titles off of the Eliminators. So it was cool that those two teams are the top teams because that is ECW at its best in the tag team division is Dudley Boys Eliminators, in my opinion. And, and it worked out that way. But it, it makes sense, too, also, because the Dudley boys went on to have the greatest success of all the tag teams, or probably of probably anybody coming out of ECWs, the Dudley boys had the best success. Right? There's nobody else, right? No, not that I can think of. I mean, Dudley boys are not, not, not in comparison to the Dudley boys. The Dudley boys are one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Right. Well, I'm even a- in WWF, even if you just take their ECW runs away, even in WWF, WWE. They're one of the greatest. So Yeah, and I would say the only singles person that broke out to be a top superstar known is probably Rob Van Dam that came yes. out of ECW. So yep. it's like Rob Van Dam, Dudley Boys. So with that said, in not this, yeah, this weekend coming up after you're hearing this, there'll be another Twitter poll at ExtremeCast on Twitter, and it'll be for... ECW TV champions. So I I did a little warm up last weekend to uh, figure out who the eighth seed would be. So I had a triple threat. It was Sabu, Mikey Whipwreck, and Jimmy Snuka in the triple threat for the eighth spot. And Sabu won. So Sabu gets that eighth seed. But it's funny when I I, I put that out there, somebody tweeted back and said, you know. This this poll should just be for who's number two, because it's clear that Rob Van Dam is number one because he he held the title for like eight hundred days or whatever, like yeah, you know, like total like the longest time. So it's clear cut that Rob Van Dam is the winner. So we're only trying to figure out who number two is. <laughs> it's like yeah, I get that, but I like to go through the whole process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that'll be coming this weekend. So check that out and get your votes in to be part of that poll. And then two weeks from there, we'll do the world champion, all all the ECW champion. In my opinion, Shane Douglas is my number one. But might be a tight matchup with the Sandman. So we'll see how that goes in in a month or so. All right. So there's that. We're going to start going on here. Uh, we just wrapped up last week. Was uh, Two weeks ago, rather. I always fucking say last week. It feels like last week, but <laughs> yeah. it wasn't. Uh, it was two weeks ago. And we covered Hostile City Showdown. And I thought that was a hell of a show. 
The next yeah. night, after Hostile City Showdown, there was a show in Yonkers, New York, and I just want to kind of run through what happened before we get to this next episode, because all the stuff that happened in Yonkers is not really referenced in these episodes, so I just wanted to run down the card quickly before we start. They had uh, 325 people in attendance, which sounds so small. <laughs> 325 people. But the crowd doesn't look like that. It, it's so active and hot that, you know, it could be fucking 100 people, and you'd think, this is awesome. But anyway, there's a street fight between Damien Stone, which is Little Guido, up against the Bodyguard for Hire. I don't know who the fuck that is. Maybe Rick BB knows. <laughs> Maybe it's nine one one. I don't know, but they, well, actually, no, it can't be nine one one because in the next match, but Bodyguard for Hire beats Damian Stone. This is coming from the Wrestling Observer. ECW TV Championship match: Mikey Whipwreck defeats nine one one by DQ. Of course, you have a Singapore Caning match: Tommy Cairo defeats a Sandman. Tasmaniac defeats Pitbull. In the ECW Tag Team title match, you have Public Enemy defeating the Bruise Brothers. ECW Championship match, Tommy Dreamer beats Shane Douglas by DQ, so he doesn't win the title. And then in the main event, which I would like to see this, Sabu versus Terry Funk. Sabu defeats Terry Funk in what is considered to be a three and three quarter stars match. So, that's probably out there somewhere, like an ECW fan cam, but... I don't have any footage of it, but that sounds like a cool match. Sabu versus Terry Funk, straight, yeah, straight up. So. And that'll bring us now to the next episode of ECW Hardcore TV. It's episode 63 from June 28th, 1994. Give you a moment to get set up. JV, you, you set up? Yeah. yeah All right, so as you guys are getting situated, I'll just run through what the WWE Network has as a blurb here. In the main event, Shane Douglas and Mr. Hughes battle the Bruise Brothers in a steel cage match. The legendary Funk Brothers, Terry and Dory Jr., team up to take on Stevie Richards, making his debut here, Stevie Richards, and Hack Myers. Then we get highlights of the Sandman taking on Tommy Cairo in that Singapore Kane match, the Funks versus Public Enemy, and much more. And I'm sure we'll get some highlights of Hostile City Showdown. That only makes sense. So at this point, you should be set up. I'll give you a countdown, three down to one, then say play. And when I say play, we all click play. Three, two, one, play. All right. Right Right into the action. So this past Friday, Terry Funk hangs the flyboy. This is from Hostile City Showdown, of course. Cool spot here from the Eagle's Nest. Like a rock hanging like a dead man. <laughs> Jeez. There he <laughs> It looks like he's fucking dead. <laughs> and then here we go. We get the opening. Eastern Championship Wrestling. This is going too fast. Yeah, too quick. Well, might as well do a time stamp yeah, that's while what I was we're thinking. Uh, this early in. I'm at 45, 46. I'm a seven. second ahead. That's that's not a big deal. Jason. Jane Douglas with his goatee, his short-lived goatee. Looks like a badass with it though. Yeah, he does. Guy got a fucking goatee. <laughs> the goatee's in. 
mustaches are coming back. I grow a mustache. Everyone's got a mustache. <laughs> you have a mustache right now? Oh, yeah. You still got it? Oh, yeah. Another month. I'm as clean shaven as always. Looking like Dory Funk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I said it last time. My grandfather looks like Dory Funk Jr. <laughs> That's going to be me one day. Fucking Dory Funk Jr. Fucking diaper ass at 50. <laughs> Gonna do some squats, boy. I want to have that fucking... That mullet in the back there. Who the hell's on commentary? I thought Joey Styles was back. Yeah, what is this? The fuck? This Bildo Watts. Yep. Watts is back. Oh, Watts. This is Watts probably Watts' saying. final final hurrah. Can you hear Terry here? Could barely hear what he said. What the fuck did he say for the first time in the United States? What the hell are you talking about? What? Look at the graphic. Terry Funk, former ECW champion, former NWA world champion. Are you gonna put, Why are they saying first time in the United States? Yeah, that made no sense. Even Dory Funk gets the former NWA world champion on his Chiron, his graphic. What's jackets? So it's Dory Funk and Terry Funk against Hack Myers in the debut of Stevie Richards with his sweet, sweet mullet. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Hacked haircut Myers. Yes. Ah, hack guy. Myers Barber. Oh, that's great. That's a great sign. Hey, he, he was on to it, right? Hacked haircut. Yeah. Hacked haircut. I remember I cried when I got a hacked haircut one time. I don't know if I said this last time when we talked about Hack Myers, but it was a time, I think it was in 10th grade, sophomore year, 1999. Went to go get a haircut at this fucking shit place. And I'm very particular with who cuts my hair. And th this was a new person, and they fucked it up. And I went upstairs, and you know how my upstairs was. I had my room that had a hallway. I had my own bathroom. I went to that separate bathroom. I fucking looked at myself. <laughs> I got so mad, I fucking started crying about my haircut. <laughs> hey, we, kids were tough in school. We had tough friends. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get fucking made fun of. Like, fuck yeah. hacked up haircut. Remember my hacked up haircut? We called it the kid and play haircut because it was like oh, yeah. so fucking high up. And of course, the next day was like fucking picture day for the yearbook. <laughs> so in, a, in the 1999 yearbook, I got a fucking hacked up haircut. I remember that. I think I have like a car, like a little thing of milk in the picture. Yeah, yeah, because we're in shopping that picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're surrounded by all the girls that were in the shop with you. You're in the back hiding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh fuck! All right, so we got this match going on now that you guys know that I cried and got a hacked up haircut. <laughs> well, Dory Funk's uh, just in action here, and he's fucking handling Stevie Richards, tosses him out of the ring. 
kind of a heel move. Well, these guys, uh, the Funk Brothers, are treating Stevie Richards and Hack Myers like jobbers, basically. Ooh. Not shot. Oh As they God, should be. Though. They should be doing the job for the Funks. What do you just give him, a can of soda? He dropped. Yeah. And gave Terry Funk a can of soda, and he just dropped it. <laughs> So we got this new guy, Stevie Richards, and Willie Watts. I know Joey Styles would have done this differently, but Willie Watts has not told us anything about who the fuck this guy is. The first time he's on TV, and there's no information about him. Just, oh, this is Stevie Richards. Oh, fucking Thank God for right to censor. I want to know who this guy is. <laughs> Stevie Richards is going to go on to have a... Pretty big role in ECW as being Raven's little bitch, then creating the <laughs> BWO. Yeah, I remember that too. Blue World Auto. The Blue World Auto. Well, Terry Funk's definitely having his way with him. And here comes Hack Myers, with pajama pants on. So Stevie Richards, at this time, I'm looking him up right now, he's 22 yeah. years old. Wow. Kid. Yeah, just a kid. Fresh out of college if you went to college. Oh, shit. Well, maybe that's where he gets his nickname from. He's, he's known as the Shaw. Every time he throws a punch, he goes, Shaw, 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 Shaw. The Shaw. Hack Myers. Comes from his punching sound. JV, anytime you've ever been in a fight, when you throw a punch, do you go, ha, 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 No. No. <laughs> so why in wrestling do people do that? Um, I guess it's the theatrics of it. Yeah. At least they're not like, hi-ya. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Did, did Dory Funk just dab? <laughs> he looked like he did. Then he fucking chucked, <laughs> he just chucked the chair at Stevie Richard. Yeah. I love Dory Funk's demeanor. Yeah, like, me too. I'm not fucking around. We talked about this at Hostile City Showdown, but he's like, fuck off. You guys are... Looks like an angry old teacher. Right. He's like... Like a teacher you don't fuck with? Yeah, this guy means business. Yeah, that's what he is. Like, oh, shit, he's been around... He's about to retire. He's been around in here for fucking 33 years. <laughs> he's, not, he's not putting up with shit. <laughs> he kind of look like, looks like um, Cotton Hill. You know who that is? Hank Hill's dad. <laughs> <laughs> if you look up a picture of Cotton Hill, it, look it, it, it'll look like him. <laughs> kind of. I have an image in my mind. Let me see if it's the right one. Yeah, that's he what I was thinking. This guy, that's hella impressive. It doesn't really look like him, but it's got that vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. The fact he even got him up that much is pretty, wow. pretty fucking impressive. Oh, Big elbow. Obviously, Hack helps out there with that. Yeah, uh, still. Made it look good. I like Dory Funk's style. It's old school. Yeah, absolutely. Bruising. 
when he goes for the pin, he kind of gets his smelly armpit in his face. Yeah, Dory Funk, obviously, for us, is not anybody that we've seen much. No. And I'm, I like what I see, and I need to go back and watch some, some old wrestling. See how he was in glory days. These are some weak body slams by Hackman. Yeah, come on. Where's the authority? Yeah, it's like he's letting Terry down on his back. Oh, Stevie's Ooh, signature. Kick. Yeah, the Stevie kick. Early Stevie kick. He's a wannabe Shawn Michaels. No sell. One, two, hey, mom. Alright, so Willie Watts does make reference that Stevie Richards is new. Ooh, nice I made it to the big time. Back body drop by Terry. What a good first oh, match. Pile driver. Here we go. Oh, whoa, shit. Ooh, tombstone. Wow. Inverted tombstone. I like how tombstone. he let the blood rush to his head for a little. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Nice catch there. Just let it settle. Terry Funk's fucking busted open, too. Right? Yeah, he's busted open. Yeah, yeah, he's been busted open for like three minutes now. Yeah, he has a bandage, but fucking blood's coming out from it. Like a headlock's boring, not when Terry Funk and Dory Funk did. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's good. Ah, it looks great. So this match, that nowadays. this match was from the June 26th taping, so two days after Hostile City Showdown. Gotcha. One day after that Yonkers show. But yeah, look at that. Back and forth with the, with the headlock. I love Stevie Richards selling it, too. Yeah. <laughs> right back into it. All right, now they're beating at that horse. <laughs> yeah. At, right, after you do it two times each, time to move on. Don't do it again, Dory. Like a snap. Oh, nice thing. And it's over. Oh. What the fuck? How's it? That is finisher? What the fuck was that? <laughs> and it looked like a four count. <laughs> Didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that was a weird ending. What was that? That's the sloppiest ending I've ever seen. <laughs> well, let's see the replay here. We got the headlock. A, it was like a judo throw. Did he, pa did he pass out or something? Like, all right, tags in Dory again. I guess he's out cold. That's terrible. One, two, three, four. <laughs> four count. Yeah, what the fuck? What a fucking shit show that was. <laughs> well, that's the debut of Stevie Richards. Or Steve Richards, as he's called it this time. Hey, it took a four count to win. To beat him. Yeah. He can hang his hat on that. So now we're getting highlights from Hostile City Showdown. Which was the previous Friday. Funk Brothers versus Public Enemy. And I like that match. We enjoyed that match. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, with Dory Funk coming in, I didn't think I was going to like what he had to offer, but... I'm a fan. He was much better in this match than he was in that uh, Stevie Richards and Hack Myers. Yes, absolutely. But Terry Funk, <laughs> Terry Funk just tossed the chairs. 
Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really win the match. So the referee was down. Oh, Terry Funk yeah. gives the three count, but hey, it's Terry Funk and Dory Funk. Crowd love it nonetheless. Battle continued on after that anyway. It's funny that Terry Funk thought that. Yeah, if I count, the match is over. <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> you gotta keep fighting. Here we go. Another replay of this spot coming up. We got the hog tie. And what sucks though is Joey Styles called this match. We got now Willie Watt shit ass version recapping it. Alright. Promo. Let's lay out and take a listen to Public Enemy. From Terry Funk. You hung me from that eagle's nest and you tried to put that rope around my neck and take my life. Ha ha. Funny boy, didn't work. The 60s, we're gonna get you in barbed wire. Well, we don't have snippers or clippers for the first time, Johnny. But we're gonna take that barbed wire and run it across your face and you're gonna end up looking like chop meat. Terry and Dory, when you hung Rocco and dropped him 20-something feet from that eagle's nest, you messed up on one thing. You left air in his lungs and blood in his heart, boys. Because on the 16th, when we get you right here in ECW Arena, boys, we're going to make your bodies look like road atlas maps because we're going to run you from one side of that barbed wire to the other. So Terry and Dory, you get ready because the public enemy has come back home and we taking you serious. Last time, it was light because Grandma gave us a lot of trouble because at the Sizzler on Senior Citizen Day, they said, why are your two homeboys beating up them old men? Well, it ain't don't matter no more. You are going down on the 16th because, baby, it's cream. Cash rules everything around me. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Dollar, dollar bill. Peace. Peace. We're out of here. Money. <laughs> yeah, it's so obvious, though, that Johnny Grunge is reading cute cards. Reading? I thought so, too. I'm like, is he reading, or is there just another camera over there, and he's looking at the wrong one? <laughs> Maybe that, but it's all like he was reading, because he fucked up a couple times. Well, let's lay out. Dane Douglas. Yeah. Back in Vietnam, General Westmoreland conducted the activities in Vietnam. Back in World War II, Patton didn't beat Rommel by chance. Schwarzkopf didn't defeat Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein just by chance. And tonight, Ron and Don Harris, what we're going to do to you behind this cage is not going to be by chance. It's by design. You see, Westmoreland and Schwarzkopf and all the rest of them, they had a plan. The plan was to take some asset away from the enemy and from there divide and conquer. Your number one asset, Harris boys, is fighting outside the ring. My forte, as the greatest wrestler in the world today, is to keep it inside the squared circle because you can't win a wrestling match outside the ring. And so tonight, I asked for and I got the steel cage match to take you, one and both, Ron and Don Harris, and keep your tails inside the ring. 
And in order to do it, I did what I, every great offensive team ever had to do. You have to have a great offensive line. What better offensive line than the big man himself? Tell him, big man. That's right. You see, Bruce Brothers, you boys think you're the baddest and the meanest in the land? Well, let me tell you this. I am the man. The man from the hood, as they say, in New York City, baby. But now then, here it is. Main event, baby. The cage match. That's what you boys wanted. Blood and guts. Tears. Sweat. Ain't gonna help you boys none. Because we are... As you see right here, the champions, this man right here, pays me a lot of money to make sure that nobody steps in front of me to take this belt. Now then, Bruce Brothers, I got something for you boys. It's called the Sidewalk Slam. Now, you boys want to step in a cage match? You call yourself Bruce Brothers? You boys ain't nothing when I get done with you and the franchise Shane Douglas. Put a whooping on you boys. Your mama and your daddy ain't gonna recognize you. You're going down for the last time. <laughs> hey, that's one of the better yeah. Mr. Hughes promos that we've heard. I kind of like Mr. Hughes promos. That's pretty badass. They're not perfect, but they get the job done. Gets to the point. Alright, let's uh, these guys. listen to these guys. The Bruce Brothers. And we're going to get it on tonight in the ECW arena. We're going to get down in the trenches. And our trenches is this steel cage right here, son. <laughs> and Hughes, you talk about being the protector. You talk about you take care of everything. Well, when me and the brother get in some trouble, every time they take us down to the jailhouse and lock us up in one of these cages, there's always one of you big old boys from the hood that think you're big and bad and go run everything. You've never been inside of a cage like this with somebody like my brother and like myself. So Hughes, Mr. Hughes, you think you're as bad as you are. You're going to be in there with Shane Douglas. You're going to protect him. Well, who's yeah. going to protect you, Hughes? Up. It doesn't matter. Hughes, get ready, because we're going to tear this cage down to the ground, boy. Whoever that is on the left, Ron Adon, he can cut a promo. Yes. The dude on the, on the right. What about work. He, he looked like he was reading off cue cards, too. <laughs> but once the, the Harris brother on the left took the mic, he fucking went off, and that was good. Shit. Maybe they should have talked some more. Or let him talk. That's funny. Jokingly, I, I've called them Rondon Harris. Right? Rondon. Rondon. This, this past week, I listened to an episode of Shane Douglas's podcast called Franchise, and he talks about he talked about Ultimate Jeopardy, which we briefly covered because it wasn't a super card that we were able to watch. We talked about it briefly. And he had a match. Well, there was a match involving them. And he talked about them, and he said they're so identical that in the back we didn't know who was who, so we would just call them Rondon. <laughs> Like, either one. He's like, Rondon, that's it. <laughs> I was like, ah, fuck! That's so funny! I mean, I guess it's not that innovative. I thought of it, and so they thought of it. <laughs> you know, it's, I guess it makes sense. But it's funny to hear that he did the same exact thing. That's Rondon. Alright, so now we get 
the Singapore Kane on a pole match from the Hostile City Showdown. Some highlights from there. And this was fucking nuts when women sought to beat on Peaches, whacks her in the fucking back of the head. Sandman in his full Sandman form at this point. Yeah, the, he's total, totally tripped. With the exception of the beer, but he'll get there. But yeah, this is Sandman nonetheless. Beatrice, Beach Man or Surface, Surface Sandman is out. Oh, promo with Sandman, so let's listen. Cairo, pay me for my house. Pay me for my bed. Pay me for my cars. Pay me for my wife. Tommy Cairo, your debt is due. Pay the man and then pay woman. Hey, Harris boys. Everybody knows how tough you are outside the Keep ring. To this. I'm a ring technician. And that's why I went to Todd Gordon ECW and said, put up the metal cage for two reasons. To keep this Philadelphia piece of like this out and to keep scum like you in. Because inside the ring, the franchise can take any man, big or small. I'm not a brawler, I'm a wrestler and heavyweight champion. So bring it on, punks. He's fucking awesome. It, it, just the conviction in his voice. Like, that's pro wrestling right there. Yeah, it baffles me that W, that Vince, you know, couldn't figure it out with this fucking guy. Now, apparently the big problem was the click. He fucking shit on him. Pushed him out. Yeah. Made him look like shit. He talked about times where he had matches with uh, Razor Ramon. And Scott Hall's just kind of working like shit to make him look like crap. Like, not letting him lift him up easily to make Chain look weak. So, they were fucking him because they were giving him a push as Dean Douglas, as the IC champion. And the click was just protective of their spot, so they wouldn't fuck anybody that was a threat. And Vince, because it was a tough time for the company at that point, didn't want to piss off his top guys. Just basically let them run roughshod over the fucking company. That's crazy. Tough time, so. That shit wouldn't fly today, obviously, as he's about to fire anybody that has third-party contracts. <laughs> Everybody that is in that position where they're being threatened to have to give up commitments to other things, they should just say, fuck off, then. There's other companies to work for. Here we go in this match. Nice. What's that? Nice uh, backdrop. Yeah, back uh, side suplex. As we are in the cage here, the Bruce Brothers, Shane Douglas, and Mr. Hughes in the cage. This match seemingly comes out of nowhere, but hey. Did yours just go black quick? Yeah, it was like a commercial break. Oh, all right, all right. What do you got for a timestamp now? Probably still the same. I'm at. Yeah, I have 24, 25. 26. Yeah, I'm still second ahead. That's fine. Now, let me pause for a second. Alright, so now we should be together. 24, 35, 36, 37. Yep, dead on. Alright, so we got two brothers working on Shane now. Hits the ropes, double clothesline. The franchise reaching out for his roughneck 
but the bruises are determined to wear the champ down. I don't understand the cage match, tag team match. It's in a cage. Fucking everybody's in. <laughs> Got to be very uncomfortable for Mr. Hughes. He's a big guy. I yeah, like this, like a hell in a cell where there's like space and shit. <laughs> right. His ass is rubbing against the cage. On ringside there. Nice drop kick from Shane Douglas to one of the Rondons. Mr. Hughes tagged in. What's he going to do? Wrestling with a fucking tie and suspenders. I can't recall a time where... I'm sure there has been situations, but I can't recall a time where Mr. Hughes' tie hasn't been used against him in a match. <laughs> oh, a dropkick from Mr. Hughes. 380 pounds, I don't know about that. Yeah, he's not that big. No, come on. I'll give him 340. Most. Yeah, at most, yeah. I think 330. Yeah. He was inches away from getting out. Nearly 400 pounds. Bullshit. Not that tall either. Well, he is kind of tall. <laughs> How tall do you think he is? Yeah, he is pretty tall. He's six. He's tall. Yeah, he's yeah, I would say six. Between six four to six six. Somewhere. Yeah. Six four, six five, six six. <laughs> the reason why I said that I was like. Oh shit, yeah, he's shorter than Harris Brothers, but then I remembered, oh fuck, the Harris Brothers are fucking tall as fuck, so, yeah, he's tall. How do you know Willie Watts that that's fucking Big Don? They need to have some distinguishing factor, but they don't. And you would think they would use the, uh, like, the old Killer Bees gimmick a little bit, like, roll out and... And take place of the other person that's injured and then kick out of <laughs> the three count. Use that to their advantage, mean twins. Looks like, um... Mr. Hughes going to get some more action. A lot of kicking and punching. Not much, uh wrestling going on well that's that's what it, it's kind of hard to take this cage seriously because it seems like they're the height of the cage <laughs> right they're bigger than the cage <laughs> and i don't think the cage is meant for escaping escaping it's not it's not like wwf where you have to escape the cage i can't believe i just said escape <laughs> I have that on my mind because I was listening to Eric Bischoff podcast this morning, actually, and he rips Greg Gagne's ass from, from AWA because Gagne does a little shoot interview on Eric Bischoff, and on his on Bischoff's podcast, he has to listen to people shitting on him, and he responds, and a few times in the interview with Gagne, Gagne says, established. I established that. So, <laughs> so Bischoff loses his mind. He's like, oh, this guy's talking this, and he can't even fucking say established? Learn how to fucking speak English before you talk shit. So, I have that on my mind, so I slipped up and fucking said <laughs> an X in there. That's funny. 
and Nature Boy. Shane Douglas back in here now and whips Ronadon into the cage. Nice game, move there. And as our director things up. Me, we need to take a station break. Oh, Holy oh, Watson says we're going to station break. We'll show it to you in but we're not. What's going on here? Yeah. Psych. All right, this cage match will continue. As the Roughneck and Shane Douglas double team one of the Harris brothers. And we're back and we're basically in the same spot. So, <laughs> so we took a break, but nothing happened. Oh, nice belly to belly. From Shane oh, Douglas. Yeah, Shane Douglas is a little bloody there. I don't know if it's his blood or somebody else's blood on his. See if there's a. Yeah, that's his because there's a dark spot there. Got a Boston Crab. He's going to get leverage. Nope. Harris Brother has an arm or his hand on the rope, so he had to break the hold in a cage match. That doesn't make sense. Let's follow all the rules within the cage match. Which is basically no DQ. Alright, it should be no DQ, but apparently there are rules. You have to tag each other in. You, you gotta break the hold if they grab the ropes. Dude, what the fuck's the cage for? Yeah. So what are we doing here again? Well, I guess, well, the simple answer is there's a cage so people can't run away, but... Nobody fucking ran away. It's not something that was built prior to this. Is that oh Shane Douglas and Mr. Hughes ran away from the Bruise Brothers, so now they need to be in a cage. And Shane Douglas is the one calling for the cage. The Bruise Brothers aren't running away from shit, so there's really no reason to be in a cage. They want to fight each other. They can just fight each other in the ring. Both of these teams aren't planning on running away. Douglas, and sometimes stipulations have no logic. Oh, digging into that. I like oh, this. Oh, yeah. Like this. That's vicious. That's, that looks nasty. That's vicious. That's cringy. Shane Douglas just tearing away at the forehead of Ronadon. Both guys are bleeding. So that's nice to see, at least, that, you know, it's a gritty cage match, regardless of whether yeah. or not the cage match makes sense. Oh, they're going at it. And it's pretty damn brutal. Not over the top. And that's one thing with ECW that I think a lot of people miss, Drew, is that none of ECW is over the top at all. Yeah, it's not deathmatch. You know what I mean? Right. It's not explosions and shit. You know, that kind of deathmatch. You know, it's simple old school wrestling. You, you would have seen this shit in the 70s and the 80s. It's just that at the time, 94, everything WWF, WCW was so cartoony. That this seemed like, oh my god, this is so extreme. So, yeah, no, yeah. this is regular wrestling. <laughs> this is the way wrestling was. Prior to the popularity of the 1985 boom at WrestleMania, rock and roll wrestling and shit that Vince McMahon created. Which I'm not shitting on because if it wasn't for Vince McMahon, I wouldn't be a wrestling fan. Right, right, yeah. I mean, we're always so quick to, me especially, hate on Vince, but I mean, obviously. Right. He's still great. When you're great, you know, you get criticized great. Right. You know, us being from the Northeast, just to remind everybody, obviously our voices remind you all the time, but <laughs> we only knew about wrestling because WWF. 
Right. And you know, obviously TBS kind of filtered in. But it, it was a big deal because WWE was around us and we were able to go to shows around us because of WWF. Yep. Oh, a nut shot to Mr. Hughes from one of the Harris brothers. Or one of the Bruise brothers. How the fuck does Mr. Hughes' sunglasses stay on? He's got a strap on there. I can't see it, but he just got slammed into the cage and his fucking sunglasses just stay on. He takes a back body drop, sunglasses stay on. He does have a big head. Uh, that's true. I was thinking maybe his head's so fat that the sunglasses stick into his head. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. We're on the same page there. I, yeah, it, it's tough to see because the cage and the ropes and the camera angle we got, but pretty sure he does have a strap for his sunglasses. Yeah, he does. Yep. Yeah, it's a strap there. And the Bruise Brothers busted open now. This is a nice TV match here. On super card match, fucking cool. Yeah, it, it, I didn't like the way it started, but I kind of like the way it's heading. It's kind of, um, I don't know, it's, it's better. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. It's just, it's a cage match, as a cage match should yeah. be. You know, just brutal, beating each other, slamming each other into the cage, getting some blood. Like, it's what it's set out to be. If people see a cage match, they don't want a technical match in a cage. Yeah. Although, although Brett and Owen Hart did do a great one of those at SummerSlam 94. But this is what a cage match should be. Just fucking grudge match. Nobody can run away. And we're going to beat the fuck out of each other with this cage here. And Mr. Hughes is working his ass off. This is more than I've seen him work before. His matches usually last about three minutes. Sidewalk slam, it's over. He's working here. Yeah, for basically everybody but Shane Douglas, this is a long match. Yeah, Shane Douglas can fucking work nonstop, right. basically. But yeah, these three other guys, Harris Brothers and Mr. Hughes, they're like, can we end this? And Shane's like, nah, man, we got to fucking make this a good match. <laughs> I'm not done saving this yet. <laughs> right. This has got to look good. Oh, so you can't escape, apparently, because now you have the outside ref. Oh, we got both of the Finnegan, the Finnegan and uh, <laughs> the two Johns, whatever, the referees. They're out. They're both out there. Ooh, Fucking twins. Yanked them by the front of his tights. Molino and Finnegan. Jim and John. Nice DDT from Shane Douglas. He still looks fresh. These other guys look winded. Yeah. Everyone else looks winded. Shane Douglas is like you'd go like another hour. <laughs> He's like, this is fun, man. Let's keep going. Now Paulie's on commentary right now. He's jumping on. Paulie's like, fuck, this is a good match. Willie Watts, fuck off. I'm jumping in. So, as they record this, like, in somebody's basement, Paul Heyman's, you know, sitting back. Willie Watts is doing his thing. He's like, damn, this is a damn good match. I'm not going to just let Willie Watts fucking talk over this match. He has no excitement towards this. I'm jumping in. 
Holy just finished his bagel. He's like, fuck, all right, I'm jumping on commentary too. <laughs> See, he's totally taking over commentary. He's doing play-by-play -play now. Nice double suplex there. And the match has gotten that much better because of it. <laughs> that, that's exactly what I'm saying. Is He realized, like we realized, this is pretty damn good. So Paulie wanted to get the excitement up. I don't understand. I, I say this often. I look up at the ECW arena and the fans, there's fans, ceiling fans, and they're not on. What the fuck? Are they trying to make everybody uncomfortable? No fucking fans on. Just look. Take a look. Fucking fan just fucking stationary. Oh, dude. Oh, Heyman and Watts are going oh. at it. Oh, Paulie's going to fire him. <laughs> well, he's not supposed to be the boss, so I guess he can't do that. But he's saying that Willie Watts, nobody wants to listen to you. <laughs> nobody wants to hear you. And they're basically just setting up that Willie Watts is going to be gone. And Joey Styles is back. And we would only know that because we watched Hostile City Showdown. So for most people, they wouldn't know that because Hostile City Showdown was only available on home video. And it would have been later that they got it. Where else can you see the legendary Funk Brothers put on a wrestling clinic and see a bloody brawl between four great athletes? Man, look at this. We got this is wild. Sleep a hold. I'm surprised these big guys have energy still. <laughs> this is fucking some good shit, man. This is a better match than I was expecting. I, I didn't think it was going to take like the duration of the show either. This is... Yeah, I guess this is going to play right through the end of this episode. Right. I can imagine. Maybe there's a, some promos right at the end, but... We're, we're only six minutes from the end of the show. This has to be the best Bruce Brothers match there ever. Is. Yes. Without a doubt, it's got to be. I've seen them numerous times, and this is the only time that I've ever enjoyed them. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> are. Jeez. Oh, two and a half count. See, I don't even know. Like, the Bruce Brothers are the baby faces, right? Yeah. Yeah. They have to. But they, they always seem like heels to me. <laughs> Just in my mind, they're heels. Well, they're impressive motherfuckers, though. Just their look. That's a weak cover. Rilla Monsoon say, he should have hooked a leg. <laughs> That's what Monsoon would have said. Lazy cover. Mr. Hughes goes in there to get a little kick in him. But the referee sends him back out as Ron Don continues to have the headlock on Shane Douglas. Match against the public enemy with this victory. 
I'd like to take this opportunity. Oh, so the winner of this match gets a title shot. Sure to the Wildwood Apparently. Center on Sunday night, July 17th, as ECW invades the shore with an all-star lineup. And the hurting quarterback of ECW rakes the eyes to break the hole. Douglas gets to his feet. And the kick. So Shane Douglas breaks the hold with a gouge to the eyes. It takes a big fucking big oh, 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 he wins. Oh, that's a great finish. That's awesome. Ron O'Don gives a big boot to Shane Douglas as he's on the outside of the ropes against the cage, but boots him right out of the ring. So Shane Douglas and Mr. Hughes win the match. Of course, Willie Watts doesn't give us great commentary to tell us that, yes, you can escape. We had to figure that out for ourselves because there was a ref out there opening the door every once in a while. <laughs> but Willie Watson said nothing about it. But what a cool finish. What a great match, I think. That's you it's a good Shane versus Dream. It's a good TV match. Go back to Ted Turner. Yeah, Shane versus Because the next time you show your face around right, let's here. Let's take a listen to. This time, Sabu oh, we, beat we you within an inch of this last stinking, week, I think. miserable life. The last episode. Next time, he goes the whole Let's see what he has to say anyway. Inch. All right, I guess that was quick. <laughs> so, again, a recap of the main event from Hostile City Showdown. Sabu versus Cactus Jack. And here's the classic promo. Back up. Cactus Jack in a lot of trouble with WCW. And it means a lot to me. These people say it's the first belt. It's the first title that Cactus Jack has had in a long time. And, indeed, it is very dear to me. Not anymore! Not anymore. You might think it's nice for Cactus Jack to come in, give one of the performances of his life, lose, and walk away saying I still got a title. But it's not true. Bang, bang. Because tonight, I lost the three titles that I'd held for the past five years. Most suicidal wrestler, ugliest wrestler, and Jack Kervorkian's favorite wrestler. So there's one of three paths that Cactus Jack can choose. One, concede the title. Never forget! Two, outdo Sabu, but looking at my battered body, it's not physically possible. And there's a third path, the road less traveled, that Cactus Jack must set his smelly feet upon. And that is simply to eliminate the competition. Eliminate the competition. Eliminate the competition. Sabu, I got nothing against you except that you're this much better than me, but not anymore. How will you fly when you don't have a foot? How will you speak when you don't have a tongue? And how will you hear when you're not just missing half the year, but the whole ball of wax? Paulie, dangerously, you hurt my feelings because when you were looking for the most gifted man to bring down WCW, you didn't call me. You've got a phone because I felt it three times, but you didn't call me. I'm sick and tired of being a family entertainer. There's such a thing as a contract in Atlanta where I come from, but it don't mean nothing to me because one way or another, I said it before and I said it again. Mrs. Foley's little boy is coming home. Bang, bang! Ah, man. Ah, so good. It's just so fucking good. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's just. Oh, I can't even. I didn't. 
just listen to it again. <laughs> I can't even break it down. It's just so fucking good. Just his tone of his voice, like on the verge of being in tears, being mad. Just like when I got a hacked haircut. That's <laughs> that's how I was. <laughs> I can't believe I got this fucking hacked up haircut. People are gonna make fun of me. Bang bang <laughs> bang bang. <laughs> like chop chop. <laughs> Well, that was fucking great. That was a good episode, man. Yeah, it was. Great match that, you know, usually I don't like matches that take up the whole fucking show, but that one worked well. Surprising, because the Bruce Brothers are half of that match, and they worked well, and he had a good finish there with the kick. You know, the boot to the face, knocking Shane right out of the cage to win the match. Obviously, Shane Douglas, fucking superstar in that match. Probably the reason why the match was that good is because he's there. Yeah, I think him being in the match kind of, um, you know, helped the other guys get through the match as long because that that had to be a long match for the other guys, right? So, like, that's just not a match that they're used to to having. And I think having like a ring general like Shane Douglas in there, kind of motivating them and pushing them to get through it, really kind of, yeah. I don't know, like, I think they tapped in the potential. Maybe each of those guys didn't think they had. Yeah, that that's what I was going to say. Is that exactly that? Like. Shane's working his ass off. These guys stepped it up because he's in there doing that. So we saw we saw something that we haven't seen before from the Bruce Brothers and Mr. Hughes. And right. you're right. It had to be because Shane Douglas is there working his ass off, and that motivated them. I was going to say, it reminds me of like when I go to the gym, and I'm on the treadmill, and there's a hot chick <laughs> next to me. I up my game because <laughs> I want to be. Oh, same here. Yeah, you know, I gotta step it up. You know, fuck. Yeah. I'm on. I can't be fucking some lazy asshole right now. I gotta step the game up here. She might be watching, <laughs> or you know, or just in general when you play sports. You know, if somebody is working their ass off, you want to compete. You want to be right up there with yeah, them. Exactly. So when you have a match like that, that's gonna bring the best out of. These people that usually don't put their best foot forward. Because oftentimes, the Bruise Brothers are in a match against not great wrestlers. So, how are they going to be motivated to be any better? Yeah, they basically wrestled down to their competition. Right. And in this case, they had to wrestle up to their competition. Because Shane Douglas, obviously, clearly, you know, if you watched along with us and actually watched this match, you'll see that Shane Douglas is pushing these guys, you know, just not not really acting tired, you know. You, you like that old saying, "Never let him see you sweat." Yeah, that's basically like what he was pulling. Yeah, so right. I keep going. I could do this all day, you know. Right, this is nothing, man. Fucking yeah, great shit. Shane Douglas is my tops ECW all time. So I, I got a lot of love for his work, and uh, it, it's nice to see it so early here before he even becomes this. Huge star that he becomes in ECW. It's, he's already, oh, yeah. he's already like they, like Willie Watts said, he's the quarterback of ECW. He, he is. That's why mm-hmm. it's called the franchise. So good shit there. Uh, we're gonna take a little break before we move on to episode sixty-four of ECW Hardcore TV from July fifth, nineteen ninety-four. We do have a music request. It came from Sean Almstead, and this is a fucking good one. Came out. This album came out in nineteen ninety-four. I was in sixth grade. I clearly remember having this tape. I didn't have the CD. 
I had the fucking tape and the tape. I'm gonna get to it, but the tape was yeah. fucking blue. The cassette, rather, for those of you that don't know tape, but it's a cassette and it was blue. And that was fucking shocking because I never seen anything like that. And it was fucking Green Day's Dookie. Yep. The tape was green. I believe the CD's not green, blue. But I, bl- no. I believe the CD was blue too. Um, I don't know. The CD I had, I think, was more like the album cover, and because I had the really? cassette too, and the cassette was blue. But I don't know if I had the first edition CD. Yeah, I, I right. I think later editions were just like the bomb yeah. dropping. But I had the image. cassette for a while. Yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not sure what the CD actually, but that was like that my was... one of my favorite like albums, quote unquote. Even I guess a cassette is still an album, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, like as a kid. Right, like that, you know, that. Yeah. Stone Temple Pilots. I mean, there, there's no such thing as albums and... now, but we still yeah, call yeah. them albums. Oh, they put no, out a new album. Right. No, it's fucking digital. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it was Green Day. It was 1994. It came out. It was a fucking hit. And the song that was chosen is Longview. So, nice. Nice song there. So... We're going to play that as we go into break, and we'll be right back. So enjoy some Green Day as we head into July 5th, 1994. Call me, but 
All right, we're back now for ECW Hardcore TV, episode 64 from July 5th, 1994. We're coming off a good episode of ECW Hardcore TV. Hopefully this one can live up to what we just watched. And this one's going to have a few more matches. So that last episode had one match take up much of it. And in this one, we're going to have a little bit more of a mix. And as it was shown to us last week, on last on the last episode we just covered, there is another big main event match. It's Shane Douglas again, which I'm happy to hear. Shane Douglas defending his title against Tommy Dreamer. So that's the big main event. So get yourself set up on the WWE Network if you're going to watch along with us. I'll give a countdown as always. Three down to one, then say play. And as you get yourself situated, let me just read the little blurb again from the network. For this episode, it says... In the main event, Shane Douglas defends the ECW Heavyweight Championship against Tommy Dreamer. The human highlight reel, Sabu, takes on lukewarm Chad Austin. Mikey Whipwreck defends the ECW TV Championship against Pipple number two. So we get Pipple number two in action this time. For the first time, I believe, right? Yeah, he only did a little run-in. So now he's having his first match. That's Anthony Durant. And also we get Public Enemy versus Ty Delta Slam. So it's like a frat team. I don't know who the fuck they are. But we'll see. And I don't think they last long. But if there's any information out there about this thigh Delta Slam, Rick Beebe's our boy to get that information for us. So see what you can get for us on that when you have a chance. And then you get the Funks, Sandman, Polly Dangerously, and much more. Alright, so you should be ready. I'll give the countdown now. Three, two, one late. The recent war between the legendary Funk Brothers and the public enemy has escalated yeah. to the point all right. where the Funk So we get a little no recap action here. Funks versus time. Public Enemy. And then we get that hogtie again. Of Rock or Rock. I'm, I'm likely going to be off a second because I fucking missed hitting the play button when I said play. <laughs> Where are we at? I'm at 26, 27, oh, okay. 28. I'm right on then. Okay. So I guess I was a little late. You got Terry Funk cutting his promo all bloodied up. That was funny. When you're young, you don't appreciate old people. <laughs> and then when you no, get old, you appreciate how fucking good they are. <laughs> Because you're old. Right. As we get older, it's like, yeah, Dory Funk and Terry Funk were the fucking best. But I know thinking, <laughs> well, Terry Funk was an, an anomaly, I guess, because he was always fucking awesome. But most older guys, like, eh, I don't want to fucking see them. There's something cool about Terry Funk, though, no matter how old you are. It's almost like your grandpa kicking somebody's ass. Like, yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got that public enemy from the South Bronx. Oh, that's something I failed to mention during Mr. Hughes' promo. I talked about how it was a good promo, and he, he, he was on point. But it's funny, he says, yo, I'm from the streets, from New York. And he sounds nothing like he's from New York. <laughs> no, doesn't. So, so I looked him up. Was, he's from fucking Kansas City. He's like, yeah, that sounds about right. He's a Midwestern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
Midwestern city. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with All saying right. you're from the fucking tough streets of Kansas City. Yeah, Fuck. no shit. There's tough streets every fucking major yeah. metropolis. Yeah, no rainbows and sunshine. <laughs> right. All right, so we get the kick off to the show again. They're, they're pretty consistent lately with the opening. It's the same yeah. music and the same opening. It's like recap and dangle. It's Taz. I miss Taz. I want to see some more Taz. He's not on this show. I, I believe he's not on this show. Yeah, while this is going on, to give a little recap of or preview of what the matches will be. Like I said, we got Public Enemy versus that tag team Thigh Delta Slam. Mikey Whipwreck against Pitbull 2. Sabu versus Chad Austin. And then Shane Douglas versus Tommy Dreamer again. Didn't need to do that because I said all that in what uh, network had. <laughs> Trying to kill some time. Alright, so you have Public Enemy now against Thigh Delta Slam. The Pi Delta? Thigh Delta? I don't fucking know. I don't know. Thigh, I guess. That's Fi, Oh, Phi? Phi <laughs> Delta Slam? Yeah, Phi Delta Slam. Phi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phi Delta Slam. Hey, I'm not fucking Greek, and I'm not getting hazed, and I'm not getting butt fucked to be in a fraternity. So I don't know. They will oppose two hoodies who never had the benefit of a college education and are pretty peeled about it. All right, so they're locking up here. Can only imagine throughout college campuses this this fall how many <laughs> fraternities are going to be uh, coronavirus filled through all their hate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cesspool. These dumb fucks are going to get sick as fuck. Count it. What's going on? Is your video fucked up a little bit? No, I don't. I don't know what you mean. Well, right now it looks fine, but a second ago it was like blurry. Um, no, it might have just been the buffering on your end. Uh, right there it kind of glitched out. A yeah, right there, See? like See? that. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's all fucked up. Yeah, what the fuck? Shitty version of this episode. But it's episode. clean and like better quality than it usually is when it's not doing that blur, which is gonna give me a headache. Alright, so I don't know who these fucking Five Delta Slam guys are. They didn't even tell us what their name is. So again, Willie Watts on commentary. Well, yeah, so we still got Willie Watts, and he's not explaining who the fuck this new team is. Just like the last episode, he didn't tell us who Stevie Richards is, where he came from. Alright, so I'm looking up. Alright, so Five Delta Slam is Big Tilly and Bruno Sassy. Ah, okay. Whoever the fuck no they idea are. who the fuck they are. Looking at their Wikipedia, Five Delta Slam made their debut <laughs> on the June 26th show, which is the taping for this episode. They were on episode 64 from July 5th against Public Enemy. This is like their only appearance, I believe. <laughs> they went on to TNA. They worked in TNA from 205, uh, 2005 to 2007, 2009, 2010. And they were brought in as like a... messing with the public enemies. Sorry. They were brought in as like a security detail for the main event mafia. Right 
Then there were also Mick Foley's security at a point in TNA. Yeah, so they're nothing. Unless you love TNA. <laughs> you know you're out there. <laughs> they're out there. One of our friends is a big TNA supporter. Who? Brian. No, he's not. No, he loves TNA. Not current TNA product, but... Really? He likes the old TNA stuff? Oh, yeah. I thought Mike Fasciano was like the big TNA guy. He is, too, but... Brian is totally into that, too. AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, all that time period. Just likes the sound. Yeah, he, well, he's a con contrarian. You know, yeah, yeah. fuck WWE. I was watching TNA. Same thing when Lucha Underground came about. Like, yeah, Lucha yeah. Underground. <laughs> fuck out of here. These people, right, so this, uh, these people are clapping their hands a whole lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. A whole lot of nothing. Maybe they just love Public Enemy here. Now, yeah, Public Enemy, one of the top tag teams in ECW history. One of the best tag team champions. Voted by you, our listeners, and yeah. Twitter followers. Now they made it to the semifinals, lost to the Eliminators. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to love Hello. the Eliminators when they come in. Hell of an effort by Public Enemy and Foley. I'm happy now that at this point the Pitbulls are actually in. So that's a nice addition to the tag team division here. But like I was just saying, you're going to love the Eliminators. Perry Saturn, Cronus. 95. I can't wait for 95. So much good shit in 95. We're getting there, slowly but surely. Yeah. Yep. Hey, we still have... August 94, not too far away at this point. Shane Douglas you know, declaring extreme championship wrestling, throwing down the NWA title. That's going to be a big one. Fight. Yeah, the, this guy reminds me of... Worker from what I've watched. It, it looks like Disco Inferno. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny, their outfits. They got these little yellow t-shirts on with these... Little gym shorts. Both with the Phi Delta Slam logo. I like that name though, Phi Delta Slam. As compared to what they, what, what I think they're trying to go for is like the old Varsity Club from NWA. Okay. Kevin Sullivan, yep. Michael, uh, Mike Rotundo. They say Mike Rotundo. Yeah. And, uh, and Rick Steiner, too. So, like the whole college gimmick. This makes sense because they're actually being a fraternity. I like that. Like, their thing was, I guess they were the athletes, so they're the varsity club, varsity letters. <laughs> Do they, get, they don't give fucking varsity letters in college, do they? I that was a high school. Yeah. Like, there's no fucking JV in, in college. <laughs> You're yeah, on the yeah, team, that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I think we've solved that mystery. Yeah. So the varsity club is a fucking high school gang. <laughs> 
really thought of that. <laughs> Until Five Delta Slam came into my life. Trying to win the match here. This match is going on way too long for two people that we've never seen in the ring before that have yeah. non this they have no name. Well, he wants us to know these fuckers' names. Tag. Tag who? Who the fuck's tagged in? Nice double backdrop while the referee yells at one of the Delta Slam part members and tells him to get back into the back into his corner. Very similar to Earl Hebner <laughs> type of style. <laughs> oh, this guy, not only does he look like Disco in front of him, he looks like Coca Cabana. I guess that's just like a frat boy look. Looking like Disco Inferno, Coca Cabana. Coca Cabana especially. He looks like a fucking frat boy still, even though he's like 40, 41. Boom, boom, Coca Cabana. Damn, we're fucking 11 minutes into the show and this match is going on. So. Yeah, this is kind of... Uh, this is tedious. Good. And he get a hot yeah. tag by his fucking team? This is kind of painful to get. This team is like the fucking... Considering how smooth the last episode is. Public Enemy uh, up against this team is like... Going up against some fucking Mean Street Posse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what these guys are. It's like Shane McMahon's friends. He's like Paulie's friends. Oh, yeah. I'll get you guys on the show. Oh, look at that fucking sweet mullet that the kid has. Fucking, he's got the buzzed hair, but he's got the... He's got the long, in, long shit in the back, the potty in the back. <laughs> potty in the back. Business in the front. <laughs> the front potty potty in, in the back, back. yeah. <laughs> But he's got like his his workout shirt where it's above his belly. Oh, fucking 90s. I wish I could see pictures of myself in this time as a 11-year-old in what I was wearing. Because I'd fucking be laughing my ass off. Because I'm sure <laughs> I, was wearing, well, I was just wearing all shit that didn't match. <laughs> Oh, this is kind of cool now. You know, brawling on the outside. Johnny Grunge. Johnny Grunge. Oh, shit. Johnny Grunge set up a guy on a table. One of the Slam Brothers on a table. And Rocco Rock went to go slam through. But missed. And crashed right through. And now the Disco Inferno Coca Cabana slam guy <laughs> takes Rocco Rock and just slams him right into the corner post. You're going for a ride, boy. And inside the <laughs> ring, we get... I don't even know what to call this guy. He looks like he's too old to be in the frat. He's like fucking from... He's like, he's like Will Ferrell in that... Um, what was that movie called? The college movie. Will Ferrell, Luke Wilson. What the fuck's it called? Old school? The name of the movie? No, old school. Is it old school? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, so... This frat brother, he looks like he's the one that's, you know, just hanging on. You know, it's Frank the Tank. 
You know, I'm, I have a nice little Saturday. You know, you know go Home Depot. I don't know if I have bed, enough time. Bath and yeah. But yeah, Home Depot, Bed Bath and Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if I have enough time. <laughs> That's what this guy is. And he just gets hit by a rock or a rock. I don't know what the fuck to call it. Jump off the top rope. Somersault off the top rope, I guess. <laughs> but he lands on him, gets the one, two, three, and this match is finally over. Thank. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh, it fucking looks like he landed on his head, too. Rock or Rock wasn't really giving a shit about where he landed. Dreamer? Yeah, now we get a little preview for the Shane Douglas Tommy Dreamer match. This match. Yeah, yeah, that's today. That's on this show. Tonight, here on ECW. Ooh, Tommy Cairo and Peaches. Let's take a listen to this shit. Do it first. All across my body, nothing but scars. But not this time. Dueling canes, not one, but two. You better take your best shot, my friend, because I'm going to take mine. Toothless aggression. Was that weed? Yeah. Hey, hand roll. <laughs> hand roll cigarette. Same old story, honey. Ever since we've been dating. Dating? They're married. It's always Tommy Cairo. He's lit my fire. I don't think she really smokes cigarettes. She's basically saying, I suck his dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what a shot from when worlds collide. That was a good show, too. Each supercard has gotten progressively better. Agreed. When worlds collide, now the hostile city showdown. The roster's getting better. Right. And we're not too far off from another supercard. We have next month coming out Heat Wave 94 from July 16th. So we're building to that show at this point now. So just in a month, two episodes away, Supercard Special Number 6. <laughs> the smoke. It's awesome. So women rocking those boots. Those boots are good, boy. That's she's like modern fashion with those boots and the leggings. Yep. Leggings weren't around for a while like that that she's wearing there. There that's that's like within the last eight years that those have been popular again for women to wear that. Yep. She's rocking it. But she's rocking it at a time where you know, today, when girls wear that, they have to have, like, those long, flowy shirts that cover up their ass and their, their shit, you know? Yeah, it almost looks more conservative. Right. Right here, woman's just rocking it. This is my ass, here's my pussy, right here. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Let it all air out. Alright, so we... We get more. Cairo defeats Rebel. The woman comes down to the ring. Wearing a nice little blue dress. Oh! <laughs> what the fuck? This is the 
This is like a whole recap. Yeah, this is the greatest hits. Yeah, great hits in quotes. Greatest hits. Singapore cane shots. Fucking Tommy. No wonder why Tommy Cairo looks like shit. His fucking teeth are falling out from all these Singapore cane shots. Every time he misses, same man's got fucking smoke in his eye. Look, Tommy Cairo looks jacked though now again. Yeah, he does. Oh, fuck! Out of nowhere again. <laughs> what a psycho. Sandman's great. You know what's funny that goes understated? Sandman is a pimp. Like, that's his gimmick. And it's barely stated. But they mention it in, the, in, the, in their promos. Like, Tommy Cairo, you owe me money. And it's because Tommy Cairo owes him money because he paid for a prostitute. Wow. I never knew that. Yeah. And even when Shane Douglas won the title back at Ultimate Jeopardy, Sandman congratulated him. Said, oh, yeah, yeah I, I got a bargain for you, $20 for this girl. <laughs> and Shane Douglas was like, ah, great, bargain basement prices. <laughs> Basement bargain, bitch. <laughs> so Sandman's a fucking pimp. That's his gimmick. He's no longer a surfer, man. He's a fucking pimp. And woman is his classiest whore, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that always went over my head, but... I guess that's I a good thing. That. It's a good thing. I'm glad I learned that today. <laughs> I don't know how long that will go on for. Eventually, he just gets too drunk to be a pimp, probably. <laughs> uh, I can't handle the business anymore. Fucked up. <laughs> Todd out there for a pimp. All right, I think this is a new promo. Let's take a listen. Now you want two canes in a ring? Haven't you had enough? Can't you just pay your bill? Tommy Cairo. That's a fucked up here, Bitch, it's time to smoke you out. Tommy Cairo, bitch. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that was fucking crazy for a woman just to say that. You know, all these years I thought the Godfather was the greatest pimp. <laughs> ah, I'd still give him credit as the greatest pimp. Same as a low-key pimp. Woman sure is the the high-class one, though. She's top dollar. <laughs> That's why you can't afford her. That's why she's working the matches with them. The Peaches was his original main squeeze, but the whole time she was around. She was skipping right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like glitching. Maybe that's part of the graphic they were trying to do. <laughs> Superfly versus the Tasmaniac. Welcome to the jungle. Next week. Oh, there we go. Next week we already got music planned. Welcome to the jungle. You're gonna die! And the full Pitbull team. Yes, the Pitbulls. First time coming out. Got their chains. We got Pitbull number one, Pitbull number two, 
Pitbull number two, obviously, we you know we talked about it last time briefly. Not a great story for his life. But they were a solid team. He lived right around us, Rhode Island. They had different names, I believe. Yeah. So prior to being, you know, he was Pitbull number two, but at the time he was Pitbull Rex. And like Simon Rex. Oops. Goes my drink. So there was Pitbull number one was Pitbull Spike, and Pitbull number two yep. was Pitbull Rex. So Spike and huh. Rex. They should have just cool. kept those names. Instead yeah. of being number one and two. I've said this before. Having a tag team be like with the Super Destroyers. Super Destroyers number one and two. Right. It's generic. Spike and Rex works because that's dog names. <laughs> you know? <laughs> These are the pit bulls. Spike and Rex. But maybe because they started off with Pitbull. They weren't going to change his name at that point. Like, oh, that's just Pitbull number two now. They should have just called him fucking Pitbull Spike from the start. It's a shit music playing. Fucking hurt my ears. <laughs> Jason, do it. Yeah, give, give me a shot right there, kid. Hey, Mikey, right here in your Dungeons and Dragons t-shirt. Fuck you, Jason. Oh, thanks, Frank Alves. He, uh, he cleared the air. I was talking about... Um, the store in the mall, in the Swansea Mall, that used to have the different shirts. Popular store in the mall. You know, like typical malls throughout America back in the late 90s. Mm -hmm. that sold shit like that. Frank reminded me of what the store's name was, and it's, we got what's hot. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was right at the, near I the food that. court, like I said. Yeah. Became an arcade eventually, yeah. We got what's hot. Had all the fucking cool t-shirts back in the day. And they probably had one of those fucking Dungeons and Dragons t-shirts. Sure. <laughs> like glow-in-the-dark fucking shirts. <laughs> Remember that? Glow-in-the-dark shirts? Oh, yeah. The fuck would you wear that for? I don't know. We thought they were cool. Well, yeah. Black lights were a huge thing back in the late 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, your whole fucking room. Act like you're Spencer's a gift and grab that. Right, act like you're a stoner. Have your fucking room in <laughs> black lights. <laughs> get your glow in the dark shirt. Bro. You got what's hot. Ooh, that was a huge misclosing. He connected that. It looked like he took his head off. So obviously Mikey's gonna get his ass beat. Yeah, but he'll pull off a win somehow. Or DQ. Well, this is our first time seeing uh, Anthony Durant or Pitbull number two, Pitbull Rex in action here. Jason talking to the camera. Get the fuck out of here. I listen to Tony Schiavone's podcast a lot. Anytime, because he does watch along style. Yep. And he hates when managers or wrestlers on their way to the ring talk to the camera because that fucks up their commentary so they, they have something going on that they're trying to oh say that some, that trying to get over 
And then they have some fucking shithead just talking random bullshit into the camera that they have to lay out for. And it means nothing. So, now that he goes back and watches shit, when somebody like Jason would just stop talking to the camera, he's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, don't talk. Like, it's funny. It's just nonsense. They don't realize that the commentary has something to say, but... So it's a pet peeve of his. Yeah. It's like, ah, come on. I'm trying to do my job. Quiet. I'm the one talking. <laughs> like, unless you have a mic, you shouldn't be talking. <laughs> that was a fucking brutal drop out of the ring. It just dropped Mikey right out of the ring, onto the floor, and then Jason gave some shit-ass kick. You see that? He was just behind him and then just, like, kicked him from behind. Dickhead. Jason the model. Oh, Jason doing here? Oh, so Jason's getting a little bit involved with Mikey here. Stiff clothesline. Whips him into a clothesline from Pitbull number two. Mikey is in agony. He's holding his throat like... Like Ricky Steamboat when Macho Man came flying off the off the ropes and crushed him on the guardrail prior to WrestleMania three, putting him out for a while. Mikey must have been a fan of that match because <laughs> that's what he was do- exactly what he was doing. And he just, just moments ago he just got whipped into the guardrail again. The referees just following along outside the ring instead of being in the ring counting these fuckers out. But maybe because it's a TV championship match, he's given some liberties. Coup de gras. Hey. Dallas finisher. Yeah, at least he knows how to pronounce it. <laughs> Coup de gras. Not coup de gras. Like Corey Graves likes to say. The coup de gras. <laughs> That's what he says? Yeah. I wonder why Finn can't get over. <laughs> So, of course, it's a DQ. So, what's going on here? Is, is Jason... It looks like Jason is more involved than he should be. So, the Pitbulls are beating the fuck out of Mikey, but Jason is, like, setting up to kick Mikey's ass. So, it looks, yeah, like, it looks like we're setting up for a Jason-Mikey feud. Which makes more sense than anything, because... Mikey is this underdog up against a lot of these big guys. So put him up against this manager. A manager that everybody hates, especially JV. JV hates fucking Jason. Yeah, fuck Jason. So if Mikey's up Not against my Jason. Jason. My Jason wears a hockey mask. <laughs> oh, shit, his has. But if Mikey's up against Jason, that makes Mikey popular, too. It's fuck Jason. Well, here's the Tasmaniac. Coming to the aid of Mikey. He hates the pit bulls. He hates Jason. But he's overcome by the pit bulls. The pit bulls are hungry. <laughs> and they kick them in the dick. Kick them in the Jimmy. <laughs> kick them in the dicky. The dicky. <laughs> the dicky. Kick me in the Jimmy. Kick me in the Jimmy. Leave some bad. <laughs> I know I just brought that up on bottom line, but we're on ECW, so I figured. <laughs> yeah. it's still relevant. Yeah, it's still relevant. It's a different audience. 
Oh, ass kicking everybody into Jimmy. My girlfriend let my cat in here, and he's going nuts. Oh. Hopping over it. So if you're hopping around, that's him. How is your cat? Uh, this isn't the sick one. It's not the sick one. No, this is the I asshole one. I had to ask you before we were recording, but... Nah, she's doing well, though. Thanks for asking. He just keeps jumping in front of the screen. I'm going to kick him out the window. Look at Jason. Thinks he's ravishing Rick Rude yeah. now. Ravishing Rick Martell. Yeah. <laughs> ravishing Jason Martell. Yeah. Perfect. All right, let's listen to Paulie. And impart my wisdom on you people regarding Saturday night, July 16th at the ECW Arena, a match that will determine the future of professional wrestling. As the franchise, Shane Douglas has been forced to defend the ECW Heavyweight Championship against my man, the most homicidal, genocidal, suicidal, death-defying athlete on the face of the planet, Sabu. But you see, I don't even know why I'm wasting my time making these pre-recorded comments today, because everything on television has been preempted by this damn O.J. Simpson case. I mean, maybe if there's a recess in the preliminary hearings, we might be able to get the show on the air this week, but for all intents and purposes, there's nothing going on in the world besides O.J. Simpson. I tell you what I would do. I would march this guy straight down the jailhouse walk. I would put him in an isolated room. I would close each and every door. I would lock those doors with a big fat deadbolt. I would drop the pellets personally into the little vent. I would have the steam come up. Have OJ take a real big breath and no more OJ Simpson. So then you know that ECW will air. Now, O.J. Simpson is a thing of the past. He's a relic. He's an antique. He has nothing to do with today's society. But Sabu and Shane Douglas are going to determine not the past, but the future of professional wrestling. But before I give you my comments on the franchise, Shane Douglas... I want to take you back about a week ago when Cactus Jack came here, all one and a half years of him, and made his comments regarding Sabu and myself. And how are you here where you're not just pissing half the year, but the whole ball of wax? Paulie Dangerously, you hurt my feelings. Because when you were looking for the most gifted man to bring down WCW, you didn't call me. You've got a phone because I felt it three times, but you didn't call me. I'm sick and tired of being a family entertainer. There's such a thing as a contract in Atlanta where I come from. But it don't mean nothing to me. Because one way or another, I said it before and I said it again. Mrs. Foley's little boy is coming home. Bang, bang! Cactus Jack, as long as you're under the protective blanket of Ted Turner, I have nothing to say to you except... That if you ever come back to ECW, I'm going to make you feel as welcome as a South American soccer player that scores a goal for the opposing team. Because the only thing on my mind right now is Saturday night, July 16th. A match that will determine the future of professional wrestling. The almighty franchise, Shane Douglas. A man who in a wrestling federation filled with giants like 911, lunatics like Sabu, maniacs like Terry Funk, hoodies like the public enemy, street fighters like Mr. Hughes, brute force technicians like the pit bulls, animals like the Tasmaniac, with all the animals and the maniacs and the death-defying maneuvers here in ECW, it's a wrestler and a wrestler's wrestler that holds the gold. 
the franchise, Shane Douglas. But in the past four years, only one man has put your shoulders down to the mat, Shane Douglas. Only one man has scored a pinfall over you in the past four years. There's only one blemish on your record in the past four years. And that was October 2nd, 1993 at NWA Blood Feast 2, when my man, the homicidal, genocidal, suicidal, death-defying Sabu, put your shoulders to the mat. And the question now remains... After that one-hour draw on February 5th, the night the line was crossed, Sabu, Terry Funk, and Shane Douglas all going for the gold. What's going to happen Saturday night, July 16th? Who's going to be the man to lead the hottest wrestling promotion in the world today, ECW, into the future? Will it be the wrestler, the franchise himself, Shane Douglas? Or will it be Sabu, the death-defying athlete, that has invented more maneuvers than any wrestler on the face of the planet. Me? I hope. Scratch that. I pray it's Sabu, but I'm not all that sure. See, I know how good you are, franchise. This is going to truly be the battle to determine wrestling's future. Oh, man, I hope it's Sabu. You can find out, too. Saturday night, July 16th. Man, I'm looking forward to that. That was awesome. That was a fucking great promo. Even the intercut with the previous Cactus Jack promo. That was great shit, man. Best like man in the industry. Man, best, for sure. He hooked me up July 16th, Heat Wave. I had errantly said that it was going to be Hardcore Heaven last week, or last episode on Hostile City Showdown, that Hardcore Heaven would be the next one, but it, it is Heat Wave. I just... Fucked them up. Hardcore heaven, heat wave. Idiot. Yeah. Interchangeable. (laughs) 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 They're too similar. (laughs) Both H's. (laughs) Whole lot of H's in there. So. But anyway, we're moving on now to Sabu, working with a lukewarm Chad Austin. Nine one one brought him out. Paulie's out there. And Sabu's having his way with lukewarm. Or in his oh, A6. Yeah. I like uh, <laughs> I like Sabu's ring gear here. Me too. Nice nice blend here. Black with the green. The green little waistband. Sash. Yeah, sash. Yeah, that's Is it a was, sash? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Sash. He's got Sabu. One of his signatures. The tape around his arm with Sabu written on it. Now down the road years later. When he has his big match with Taz at uh, Barely Legal, leading up to it, he starts to write Taz on the tape instead of his own name. It's pretty cool. Nice fucking spot out outside of the ring. Got a table. Customary spot. Set up lukewarm on the table. Luke Warm was just getting a little, <laughs> a little push, but now he's getting fucked up. <laughs> yeah, now, now he's a crash test on <laughs> Yeah. I'm so pissed. I thought Joey Styles was going to be back on this entire episode for us. Oh, fuck, it's Willie Watts. Joey Styles is going to be back for the next ones. Yeah, I, Willie Watts got to be done after this. Oof. 
Wow. That was clean. He landed that perfect. Yeah, so 9 one one distracted the referee. Sabu hit a leg drop from the outside onto the inside with a chair on Chad Austin's face, but the referee didn't see it. Thanks to 911's distraction. Sabu gets the win, and 911 just grabs Sabu, like, all right, you gotta go. You need to calm down. I'm gonna strap you in. I'm surprised this whole strap in shit continues going on at this point. It works, though. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, he's not as interesting. Right. In my opinion. That's true, because he doesn't speak. Yeah. That's for a reason. Yeah. All right, so they're rolling out, but as we just heard, it's going to be Shane Douglas versus Sabu at Heat Wave on July 16th. So the Roughneck, Mr. Hughes, comes out, and they're standing toe-to-toe -to -toe with 911. I want to see that match. That, that match needs to be on Heat Wave. And that's already booked. If you got this going on, that's a match. See what happens with that. Crowd loves 911. They're fucking chanting 911. Yeah, they're loving it. No, because he just he like just comes and does cool ass shit. Right. And it's not long. It's just fucking boom, boom, choke slam. Yeah, right to the point. That's it. And that's Paulie. Like, that's Paulie's whole philosophy, order. though, is hide the negatives, accentuate the positives. This is all that guy can do, so that's all we're going to show. You know, Sounds gonna, like a very successful formula. Yeah, we're not going to show a whole lot of shit he can't do because then people will bitch that he sucks. We'll show the good shit. Which, doing that in music? general... Yeah, this music blows. <laughs> but doing that in general is how you should be. Like, at least in my line of work, as a teacher... I should do what I do best and not try to do shit that other teachers do that do better than me. That's basically any job. Right, there, really. right, any job. Do your do what you do best and you'll be appreciated. Don't try to do How shit that others do. Of, yeah. Because you're not going to be as good at it. <laughs> and you, and it's going to look make you look bad if you try to do shit you can't do. And that's how you get maximum efficiency. Right. I heard, actually, I heard this from Cornet this past week or last week, but he had a quote. He says, smart people know their limitations. Dumb people don't know their limitations. <laughs> no. <laughs> or they keep going. All right. So I consider, I consider myself to be a smart person. I know that I can't do everything, but I try to do what I can <laughs> the best I can. All right, so we get some more Shane Douglas and Tommy, poor Tommy Dreamer. He's getting fucked up by Mr. Hughes, who shouldn't even be in the ring. Oh, it's a DQ huh? finish. Mr. The hell? Yeah, Mr. Hughes is not supposed to be in this match, so it's supposed to be Shane Douglas versus Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer is going to win by DQ. All right, let's see what happens here. Oh. Let's take a listen. Oh, Shane's got the mic. We shut up. Absolutely. <laughs> Is he going to talk? I don't know. Fuck. All right, we're going to have to lay out. 
All right, so. So you're just going to shit. All right, so th this is cool, though. So this is kind of setting up something between them. Now let me just get something straight here. <laughs> oh, that's great. Kind of promo with his foot on him like he's been in a... I've got no blemish on my record in four years. No man has beaten me in four years. If you all remember, you chanced Steamboat. Steamboat lost the titles, not Douglas. WCW puts a mask on Tom Sank and calls him Shane Douglas to put a blemish on my record. It ain't gonna happen. What the hell does that have to do with anything? As for oh. you, big man, take a look at the offensive line. This is the man. Hey, we covered that on the bottom line cast when they covered him up. Tom Zink took the spot. Now shut up. Yep. Shut up. Nah, uh, Hollywood Blondes episodes. Now, Todd Gordon, I hit your referee out here. Knocked him out. You want to fire me? Go right ahead. You want to ban me? Go right ahead. Because there's nobody in DCW today, nobody in the world today, that holds a belt like the franchise holds it. Not Bret Hart. Not this, this is awesome. The franchise has lost his mind. He is cracked under the pressure. Shop Willie Watts. <laughs> because you put my shoulders down. One, two, three. Albeit, albeit with an injured shoulder. You may be able to beat a man with no ear. You may be able to beat a man with one arm. But you cannot take the franchise one on one when I'm healthy. And I'm healthy tonight. I'm healthy every day from here on forward. Sabu! You may be a phenomenon in wrestling, but you are not world champion. You may be a phenomenon, but you are not the franchise. You see, I'm the man that drives the car known as ECW. I am the champion. I am the franchise. And Sabu, you want a piece of me? Come on down now. Tommy Dreamer is up. Sounds like Stone Cold stole something from the franchise. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm the champion. I'm the franchise. <laughs> I'm the WWF champion. I'm the ECW champion. I'm the one that drives this car. What a fucking great impromptu promo. Out of nowhere, at the end of a match. Well, not like really a match. just attacks everybody. just fucking did it. This guy, today, Shane Douglas, as this Shane Douglas, today, say he's in ECW, um, AEW, rather, he's... The top guy. Of course. He's probably the top guy in the WWF. Yeah, that too. Top guy. They probably have him in NXT. But yeah. <laughs> but He's the top guy in wrestling. He's fucking awesome. So, I hate to say underrated because I rate him high, and other people do. But, in the scheme of things, he is underrated. Who? Shane Douglas. Of course. I don't. I haven't seen. This is the most I've seen of him, and it's clear he's underrated. And he totally got a bad. The more I learn of his history, he definitely got a bad. Bad deal. Rap. Yeah. Yeah. He got a bad. You know, hand of cards. Ugh. A lot of jealousy. It's a tough time to be in wrestling, though. Right. 
94, was, 95. Know, very cannibalistic. Uh, everyone was cannibals. Trying to... At least he was able to make himself a top guy in this promotion that was... Yep. Neo. You know, an indie thing that's going on to be a legendary thing, cult classic type thing that wrestling fans go back to like we're doing right now. And... Mm-hmm realize oh shit these were some of the greats you know of that time just not on the main stage because they couldn't be yeah you know and, and there'll be so many modern you know modern commentary from people that worked in wwf wcw at that time to say that oh ecw was just you know this bingo hall type bullshit but that that's not true it, uh, it's far from it they created a fucking groundswell that changed it really did change things because the whole attitude era, WWF, even WCW, they changed their ways to appeal to this audience, to ECW. So the, the whole idea that, oh, they didn't have an impact. They fucking had a huge impact. Sorry to say, regardless of what a lot of WWF people, WCW people like, Bischoff or Cornet or all these guys that were working for those companies at the time would say. So no, you fucking ripped this shit off because it was popular and they weren't making a lot of money, so that's the thing that you're gonna shit on and be like, ah, oh, nobody was watching it because it was on at two AM. Yeah. Yeah, but obviously enough people were getting a hold of it and watching it, and that's how you knew about it. <laughs> but now you want to shit on it and say, Oh, nobody was watching it at the time. Well, they watched it after the fact. They watch it now still. So, it's a big deal. If it wasn't a big deal, we wouldn't be having this fucking podcast. Fat. <laughs> so, there's that. Alright, so, another good episode. I enjoyed it. Fucking nice. Shane Douglas is fucking just killing it. Just great. Just a great little picture of Shane Douglas in a bubble, basically. Like, you want Shane Douglas 94 and how fucking good he was? These two episodes just show it. Great match. Great promo. Cool shit. So, I enjoyed that episode. And, uh, we're gonna take a a brief little break and we'll be back with the wrap-up. Alright, now we're back for the Extreme ECW live cast wrap-up. And, just gonna give you a little rundown of what we have coming up. In two weeks, we'll have episode 31, which is covering ECW Hardcore TV 65 and 66 from July 12th and July 19th of 1994. And then two weeks from there, so in in a month, we will do our Supercard Special number 6, Heat Wave 94 from July 16th of 1994. And we're going to get that match. We're going to get Shane Douglas, the franchise, versus Sabu. So, looking forward to that. We also want to let you know that we do the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast once again. And this week, as this episode drops, our newest episode is available. It's episode 86, and we are covering early June of 2001. So we're leading up to King of the Ring. So at this point, Stone Cold is involved in a feud with the two Canadian Chris's, Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit. And that's building up to a triple threat match between the three of them at King of the Ring 2001. So check us out on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast, the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then also, again, once again, we are on Twitter, so follow us. Follow me, Mike Pru, at MPRU83. 
Follow JV at John Van Damage. And also, of course, check out our ECW Twitter on at ExtremeCast. And like I said, we have a poll coming up soon next weekend. Or this weekend, rather. And it's for the ECW TV Championship. So the best TV champions of all time. little tournament poll that will kick off on Friday, Saturday, into Sunday for the final. So that's coming up this weekend. So follow us there and get your votes in. So thanks, guys, for listening. JV, you have anything left to say? Any final words, thoughts on ECW? No, but uh, it's getting juicy, and I can't wait to see Shane Douglas kind of carry the torch for this uh, promotion. It's going to be fucking sick. I can't wait. It's just about there. And he's, he's already the main guy. And with that said, we didn't have a request for our outro song. So I decided to go with because of how big Shane Douglas was in this episode to choose Shane Douglas's entrance theme. And it's a fucking great song from the band Deep Purple. It's called Perfect Strangers. And this was their reunion song. They they were a big hit in the 60s into the 70s. And they came back here in the 80s with this song, Perfect Strangers. This is Shane Douglas's entrance music. It's fucking great. You're going to love it. If you ha- no, I'm sure you've heard it, obviously. But take a listen and enjoy. And we'll see you in two weeks. So long.